This is Flip Gordon, and you are listening to Wrestling POV Podcast. What's going on, everybody? It's the MLW's Kiro Kwan, representing the Contra Unit, and we're here with Wrestling POV's Global Entertainment Podcast. This is the American Nightmare, Cody Rhodes, and you are listening to the Wrestling POV Podcast. What's up? This is Jeff Cobb. You're listening to WPOV Global. Hey there, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of WPOV Global. I'm one of your many hosts, and it seems like we're expanding the family. <laughs> I'm the legend T. James Logan. With me, the gentleman Elio Canella and Anthem Liberated. Guys, what's going on? Salutations, gentlemen. Well, you know what? Uh, another busy week of wrestling. Uh, not only did we, you know, we may not have had any New Japan because of our good friend the coronavirus, but. <laughs> We had it made up in having a whole pay-per-view in AEW Revolution, which we are going to talk about today. Get into it with the picks we had, how we did, what we guessed, and the matches itself. Um, there's a few things I want to talk about in there that I, I'm, I'm very interested to see what the two of you think about uh, some of the things people have been saying on the outside looking in at this pay-per-view. But right. let's start. This week, you know, we usually run a poll. This week, we kind of run a question because, okay, I, I got to know, guys. I have to know. Cody Rhodes and the neck tattoo. Huh. Wow. Um, Anton, when you saw him come out with that on, what went through your mind? Really? <laughs> that was the first word that came to mind. And looking at it, felt like the tattoo would have been better placed if it was on maybe his chest or his bicep. But the neck, not a good no. look. Kind of. mm. Elliot, what did you no, think? I, I think we definitely not a good look. When, when I, they said, like, he got a new tattoo or, like, uh, on his neck, I'm like, okay, I thought, like, maybe, like, a small one on Sunday. When I saw that one, I'm like, what? Really? (laughs) Here's the problem with tattoos, right? I mean, they're a big investment on your look, (laughs) on your money, whatever. Um, And it seems that people who do the neck tattoo route, they go the neck tattoo route. Nobody just stops at a little happy face or something. It's like they put something big and splashy on there, but... Mm. uh, Oh, when I saw that, so many things popped in my head. Uh, my first thought is that's got to be fake. There's no way he's going to put that big, big ass gaudy thing on his neck for the rest of his life. That has to be fake. Then when I realized it wasn't fake, <laughs> um, I don't know about I don't know about you guys in, in Eastern Canada or in the U.S. But when I people, your first thought when you see somebody with a neck tattoo or tattooed hands, you kind of think jail, your <laughs> <laughs> yeah. spectrum of society or something, you yeah. know. It's not a really credible, um, appropriate look for a businessman. And uh, Cody has, I mean, he dresses the part. He comes out in the three-piece suits constantly. He's kind of looking like the, you know, the powerful mover shaker of AEW. But, man, that tattoo just kills everything. I, I mean, I mean, like, uh, when we're going to get into uh, the AEW coverage about when he came out, like, wearing a suit this week, he looked at the tattoo. You could see the tattoo stick out. What do, you, what do you mean stick out? Like you like you just like it stood out. Like it's not a good look for him. Like he had his yeah. suit on and you could see the tattoo right there when he was working in out. Other, yeah. In other words, the tattoo got to the ring before Cody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> Antoine, what would you do what would happen if you were to shave your lovely beard one day 
and walk in home and uh, your lovely lady saw you with the giant ass tattoo that looked like that on your <laughs> neck, what would, would her response be, do you suppose? She would absolutely freak out. I doubt seriously she would be a supporter. Mm. I agree. My wife would freaking kill me. Elio. Yes, sir. What would happen if your parents came home, saw that big old tattoo on your face? Well, even before I would even think of getting one, my dad would be like, why are you going to go pay for one? I'll do it for you for free. What the hell? You, your dad's a prison uh, guard? What are you talking about your dad's going to do for you free? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll just they get some paint uh, from the garage. Put the tattoo on my face. Oh, man. This tattoo is pretty darn – it's it's pretty grody. It really is. Um, it, even looking at it, the design isn't even that attractive. No, it's, it's, it's very odd-looking. Somebody told me it was from a game. I don't play enough games. Does anyone understand that reference? Somebody said it was from a, a current game. I don't play video games. Last game I played was WWE 2K17. I don't even play that anymore. Oh. Okay. Only, you recognize it? <laughs> the only connection that I know of for certain is it is the logo for he and Frankie Kazarian's uh, – Cigar Company, American Rebel, and that's the logo that they use okay. for the cigars. So that's the only tie that I know of that is connected to the logo, but otherwise, okay. nothing. Okay, well, you know what? The, I know it was somebody at my, at my work who said it. I'll, I'll try and hunt them down next time and ask them what they were talking about again, because they, they said it was the same design and look of a popular video game character, uh, like genre of characters in some kind of online yeah. video game. I don't really play video games. I know my cousins, I know they play uh, Fortnite. Uh, they the, last, the last video game I played was a very exciting first-person game about a young plumber trying to rescue a princess from a giant ape. It, was, it was, had everything. <laughs> it was tragedy. There were was barrels. It, what, there were what, hammers. Was it, was it called Super Mario? I, I believe it was. Well, no, actually, it was called Donkey Kong. Um, oh, it predates the, the. Oh, okay. The first So, as you can tell, I'm really not up to video games. <laughs> that was before Mario took off in the stardom. Yeah, yeah. Mar who would have known that that little hot little plumber was going to make a, a gazillion dollars for Nintendo? Uh, yeah, this tattoo. Guys, I'm almost, you know what? It was kind of hinted at. I, I want to put it in the book. I want to put it in the book. It, it's, it's shameful. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> It's all the things we kind of hate about wrestling. I mean, when people say, when if I'm pointing out somebody who's new to watching AEW and I said, hey, check out this dude. He's like one of the big wigs, the power brokers of this place. Cody comes out all dressed up in a suit and all that. He looks the part, right? Now he comes out, what does he look like? Does he look like somebody credible who you're going to want to invest money into a company or run something for you? I don't know, man. I know you shouldn't be judgmental of these kind of things, but there's just some things that are just a but little there's too a, but, far. But, but you can't unsee that. <laughs> you can't unsee it. True. True that. True that. So, yeah, um, it's going in the book this week. All right. Elio, do the, do the honors. Slowly, the great book opens. Cody's ugly tattoo, you just made the book. Oh, oh. That's not the only one today. Somebody else on. No, we got another one going in. Yeah, yeah, yep. we got it. And we'll talk about it when we do the AEW roundup of the week. I think you guys know, I, we all know what we're talking about here. I think Antoine even, I think you even posted a suggestion of this. He did. He, I, I was tagged in that post too. 
And it was sort of yeah. funny because when I saw it, I didn't get what you guys were saying until he turned his head one way and went, oh, what the? <laughs> <laughs> were you weed whacking and you slipped? I, I don't know, but we'll get to it. 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 Uh, no big ch- title changes going around right now in uh, the world of professional wrestling except for one. And uh, sort of an interesting title change. I thought I would just bring it up because it has some ramifications in the indie world. Uh, PCO dropping the ROH title back to Roosh. Oh, yes, I saw that, uh, those results on uh, one of the shows they had. Now, for me, that I find that a very bit odd because in the first place, I thought Roosh lost the title way too soon. They took it off him way too soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, PCO was fun to have, but then they took it off PCO way too soon and put it back on Roosh. So, once again, showing what are they doing why with the ROH is struggling, you know? <laughs> what are they doing with ROH? What's going on? Not sure, not sure. But you know what, guys? Let's talk. Let's talk our hot topic of the week, and this is going to be the AEW Revolution pay per view. It really was a pay-per-view. Um, Elio, do you got the matches lined up for us? I do have the matches lined up, yes. Okay. Now, I know that uh, I talked to Elio before we went on and asked how we did with our picks. Mm-hmm. And I believe he said that me and me and Ant went six and two. We each guessed six right and Not- two wrong. And Elio went four for four, so he got half of it right. Yep. But let's go over these things. Let's talk a little bit about each of the matches and the things that were seen in there and what the way things turned out and the way maybe we thought they really should have turned out. Was it right, wrong, good, blah, blah, blah. First of all, let's start off with the Dark Order taking on uh, SCU. Mm. Now, um, I believed all of us picked SCU in this one, did we not? Or no, sorry, we all picked no, the, we the Dark Order. No, we picked the Dark Order, Order yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Now, obviously from a um, storyline, had if Dark Order had lost this, I mean – they become like Butcher and the Bunny and Blade and whatever yep. that crap is. They're, they're just, they've just lost it. It was they derailed anything they had. They did the move. They did the, they got the victory, but was it a good match? Um, it could have been a good match, but I felt like it was cut a bit too short. Mm-hmm. And then I didn't care for the end of all of the things that SCU survived and, and overcame in order to win the belts and even retain the belts during their run. How is it that you didn't, have SCU, specifically Scorpio Sky, who at one point was the hottest thing on their team. Mm-hmm. You have him lose to a clothesline to the back of, a, of the head and a handful of tights. I, I didn't understand that. So it's one of those things where I feel like the value of SCU continues to decrease. Fair enough. Fair enough. Elio? Yeah, this uh, match for me uh, – <clears throat> wasn't the greatest. Uh, the right team did win because if uh, as big of a joke as Dark Order is now, they would have been looked even like even bigger joke if they had lost. But uh, the smash, uh, I wasn't really feeling this one. Well, I, I gotta agree with I gotta agree with Ant here. Um, in this condition, especially in AEW, and you watch the matches. I mean, we're conditioned to see like eight million finishing moves. And then something spectacular. I mean, they, everyone kicks out of everything. And then it takes like, you know, 12 Canadian destroyers off the top rope to finally get a pin. And then you're telling me a clothesline from the back of the head took out one of the best wrestlers definitely out there. Yes, that, that felt – it didn't feel right. 
It felt cheap. It felt like uh, it really killed the momentum of that match for me. And, and I, I can tell it it did for Antonio too. Um, yes, uh, it was an okay match. Could have been a lot better. Um, how come all of a sudden now AEW is really stretching out stories? I mean, they went from giving us shit like boom, 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 boom. Here's this. Here's this. Here's a secret. Here's this. Here's this. Here's a secret. To like... Oh, is the turn coming? Is the turn coming? Who's the exalted one? Who's the exalted one? It's gonna be like ten years later. Like they're, all those guys are gonna be dead. We'll still be like, who is the exalted one? And he, <laughs> you know, it's kind of starting to feel a bit like that. But uh, okay, next match, Elio. So next match we had um, Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Darby Allen versus Sammy Guevara. Now you guys both picked Darby Allen to win. Yep. I picked Sammy yep. Guevara, mm-hmm. and. Um, <clears throat> I'm sticking with my guns of why it should have won. Sammy Guevara should have won this match, okay? Only okay. because they continued the feud on anyways. Nothing was really resolved here. Uh, a really good outing. By, by the way, a very solid match. Um, yes. However, it left that problem of because nothing was really um, – because Guevara didn't get the cheap win, right? Why does Darby Allen need to fight him anymore? I mean, Darby's beat him now. I mean, he should just move on to the next you know, inner circle guy or the next bad guy. What do you guys think, Elio? Oh, but uh, again, I like I'm gonna stick with the Darby Allen because uh, it's like if uh, I'm I'm the one who got taken out with the skateboard to the throat. My first thought upon my return is payback. Right. So I'm thinking this would this was uh, their one match, his return match. So I'm thinking a blow off match down the line. Okay, Anton. Um. Piggybacking on what Elio just said, because of the damage that Guevara did to Allen, um, Allen may feel like, you know, just the win isn't enough. And it seems like at the end of the match, uh, Allen was out for more retribution, but Hager made the save and it left something to be desired, which, you know, suggesting that this thing could go on, you know, and there could be more. That we could see more. Oh, okay. because rivalry beyond revolution. Now the match itself, though. Let, let's let's forget the ramifications and the storyline here. Oh, okay. What did you guys think of the match itself? The match was good. I really liked it. I definitely enjoyed the match. And if I've said it once, I'll say it again. Should AEW develop a secondary singles title, then I could definitely see those two vying for it. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say it was a really good match. Darby Allen continues to be a very exciting wrestler. I just think if somehow Guevara had squeaked a cheap win here it would have even driven us wanting to see uh, Darby mm. kick his ass harder and maybe take it to the next level in whatever, a hardcore match of some kind. I, I just think maybe given Darby the win kind of just took a little bit out of the momentum of the sales of what making this a hotter feud. That's all I said. Mm. Um, next match, uh, Jack Hager versus Dustin Rhodes. Uh, and okay. what did you see on this? Well, I want, I want to hear Ad first. Yeah. Okay, so... Jack Hager and Dustin was very reminiscent of SCU and Doc Order. Okay. Could have offered more. My expectations were higher, and it just fizzled out. It was a dud to me. And I'm hoping that there will be a rematch for us to see more. I just feel like, you know, with Hager, with his mm-hmm. WWE pass, I was looking for something similar to that. I felt like, I don't know, maybe because this was his first legitimate match in some time that he was in a sense watered down and was trying to get his legs back under him, but felt cheated in this one in a sense. Okay. Elio? Yeah, this match um, along the same lines as the Dark Order, it wasn't that great of a match. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go, uh, what I saw in here was a little bit um, 
I'm going to go the opposite way slightly on this. I'm going to say I kind of disagree with you guys in a little bit in the fact that uh, it served the purpose of it brought Jack Hager or Jake Hager, I guess you call him Jack, Jake Hager. It brought Jake back into the, the, the limelight, gave him the chance to look a legitimate, like he could wrestle still. Cause I mean, he's been that unknown factor for quite a while. However, we didn't have to sacrifice Dustin Rhodes. Dustin Rhodes actually put up a hell of a great fight for a guy his age. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't just like Hager didn't just come out there and job out, you know, um, Rhodes. You know, he didn't he didn't make him look like a, a total joke and like, oh yeah, here's the first uh, you know first win of many. And I think that was that was important because I, I really think that Dustin Rhodes is kind of building something here. Even, you know, maybe this is the last big gasp of air before his, his eventual retirement. But at least he wasn't made to look like a fool here, you know. And I sort of incor- I sort of liked how Jake incorporated wrestling with some of his MMA stuff, okay. I know some people are not a fan of that. I like to sometimes stretch my imagination on the credibility of wrestling holds. So <laughs> okay. for me, that was a good thing. All right. All right. What's the next match? Next match for the Tag Team Championships, Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus the Young Bucks. All right, Elio. Uh, this, this was a great match. However, I found surprising that Omega and Page retained. And we didn't get no turn. Yes. Still longer stretch on this. And what did you think? Very surprised that Page and Omega retained. Um, I'm just great match of the night without a question. I'm just... To me, match of the night without a question. I'm yep. just baffled as to why the turn is being prolonged, why they drag the process. Now, a question I've got here is a lot of people across the internet have been saying that this is like a six-star match. This is. Do you guys think it really was that hot of a match? Like, in your opinions, was it the super, like, one of the greatest matches of the year that we should be looking at this as the vault? I would say so. I mean, there may be some matches later on in the year that'll surpass it, but considering you know we're just in the first quarter of 2020, I will place it in. I will place it in the vote for a match of the year consideration. All right, Elio, what do you think? This match of the year consideration? Yeah, I think we can place this one in the vote. Well, I'm going to 100% disagree. Or, no, agree with you guys. Whoa, <laughs> okay. I'm so ready to say disagree. No, I am, I agree with you guys. Um, I, I'm also like um, I didn't get to see it live. So before I went in, there's all these people saying, greatest match ever. And I'm one of those dudes, when I hear that, I'm like ready to pick it apart. Oh, greatest match ever, huh? We'll see about that shit. Well, they, they also said that. Uh, damn good match. They also said Brian Tillman Jr. versus Steve Boy Smith for the Opera Cup final was his match of the year candidate. Yeah, that was just immediate fans. That wasn't any credible <laughs> journalists. Right? But anyways. <laughs> I just love how fans pick any match to be match of the year. Yeah, well, okay, you know what, Elio? Uh, right, get your pen out because we're putting this into the vault. All right, so. Kenny Omega and Adam Page versus Young Bucks from Revolution is now in the vault. Excellent, excellent. All right, next. Um, Let's talk about Chris Strylander versus Nyla Rose, okay, for the Women's Championship. And uh, I'm going to start off the convo with this one. Um, I had, <coughs> for a lot of reasons, I think this was um, the weakest part of the entire uh, card, okay? Um, I think everything about this match was just done terribly, okay? Uh, first of all, Chris Stratlander had been suffering for flu, and it was pretty obvious she was not on her game tonight. There was no excitement. There was no heart in this match. Uh, the placement of this match, having it after Omega and the Bucks, was like, 
nobody cared anymore. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can't put a championship match after a super hot match because some people will be like, oh, well, whatever. And I just still do not see Nyla Rose just doesn't deliver enough for me yet. Um, she's supposed to be the big monster who gets slapped around. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I, I really think, too, that this was just such a throwaway match. It shouldn't have been. I mean, Stratlander, should, she's so damn popular that they should have built this into when it does happen, that it was a spectacular buildup. We wanted to be behind her. Whether she won or lost, <laughs> we would be behind her, invest in her. Instead, she was just thrown in there kind of nimby-namby after she was made a – no fuss has been made about her for so how long, and then they just throw her in there as if it meant nothing. So that tells the fans that Chris Stratlander means nothing, and I think that's a shame. And um, I – I think one thing that took air out of this match is the fact that there was no build towards it. It was just like, okay, Chris Statlander is going to fight Nyla Rose for the championship. There was no story to build towards it. The match itself to me, I thought was decent. I won't call it, you know, a match of the year candidate, anything along those lines. But what makes it decent in my eyes is that it appears that Nyla Rose is, you know, cleaning things up. She's not as botchy as she looked, you know, when they first started to push her. Um, you could see that Stetlander wasn't her usual self. And one thing that really stood out was that botched uh, top turnbuckle brain buster or suplex yeah. that she was aiming for. Mm -hmm. yeah. Now that was completely botched. But outside of that, I would say it was decent. Again, nothing to write home mm -hmm. about, but it wasn't hard. I've seen work. In Elio? Exactly, so. Yeah, and this wasn't a very good match. You could tell Chris Stylander was uh, was uh, suffering from the flu she still had. So, um, and Nyla Rose, uh, well. All right, what's the next match we got on the uh, next team? one we have is MJF versus Cody. MJF versus Cody. All right, I'm going to let uh, Elio start this one. We had a pretty big debate about this, the three of us, who's going to win this match. Leo, I know you picked... Uh, I picked Cody. picked I Cody, and Cody did not win. What did he you did think not of this win. Uh, this was a good match. Um, and, um, of course, uh, Cody went, uh, Cody went uh, for the crossroads. He sh I think he should have stopped after the second one because he went for the third one, and then, then MJF blocked it. So he got greedy. Came back he got greedy. I'm like, what are you doing? Stop. Just uh, pin MJF right there. At? Um, it was a good match. It was an emotionally <clears throat> charged from, you know, uh, MJF leaving the ring and, you know, getting involved with the fans and, uh, uh, I guess, uh, toning Cody and trying to take him out of his game to, to the involvement of Arn Anderson and Brandy and Wardlow to... Cody's grief, which eventually cost them the match with the multiple crossroads. See, even him allowed to use the belt to hit MJF, his weight belt to hit MJF a few times. It was very emotionally charged, and I thought that helped, you know, tell the story of the match. And I thought it was good for MJF to win, again, for the sake of the fact that, you know, Cody only has one pay-per-view loss. I felt like it, you know, this losing MJF really doesn't hurt him. Right. Right. Now, um, I picked this match uh, for MJF to win because I don't think we want it quite to end yet this feud. And I think this brings it to another level. This is the kind of thing where I was hoping the Darby-Allen-Guevara uh, match thing would happen, where you'd come out of there because now 
we want to see MJF get his ass beat even more. You know, once again, he had to take a cheap shot to get it. He took his lumps. Uh, bloody match. Um, good match. Overall, I'd say a very good match. But uh, uh, it went the way exactly I thought it should go. And uh, I'm looking forward to down the road when they actually have the final blow-off match for these two. By then, the amount of build-up they've been doing on this, we're all basically want to jump in there with machetes and kill MJF when he gets pinned, I think, is what they're shooting for. And I think we're getting there. I think we're getting there. We already know, we already know it's going to be a strap match. <laughs> exactly. What's the, what's the next? What's the next? Uh, and okay, next one after that is Pac versus Orange Cassidy. Ah, uh, freshly squeezed. Um, <laughs> okay, you love Orange Cassidy so much, Elio. Tell me what you thought of this match. <laughs> okay, I'll go with it. Uh, I, w- I wasn't expecting much. We've seen Orange Cassidy doing his whole laid back uh, gimmick. I would have to say, June is June the. Early on in the show, I was I YouTubed uh, some Orange Cassidy's uh, previous matches, so just to get an idea of what to expect. But I wasn't expecting what I got from this match, especially when he hit the DD, that DDT off the top rope. Okay, so you enjoyed the match itself? Yeah, that was a, that was a pretty good match. Of course, Pac won, but Orange Cassidy showed that he can actually uh, do something in the ring. He can actually wrestle. And- and so, is in your heart, is he freshly squeezed? <laughs> okay, that's a terrible question. And is he without pulp in your life? <laughs> I don't know what this, these orange juice references are ridiculous. I'm What's sorry. What's going on? I guess I will not look at Orange Cassidy with the same lenses that Jr. does. Like I could care less about the pulp. I will say this: that I was. <laughs> Pleasantly surprised with the Orange Cassidy did. He earned my respect. Um, it was nice to see him do more than, you know, the shit. Uh, and it was a smart play to have Pat actually. Um, I could definitely see these two maybe having another match the line, but I was pleasantly surprised with yep. Cassidy. So, yeah, I thought it was a very good match. Well, you know what? This whole win, this match, uh, the things we saw there, does the one thing it needed to do. It legitimizes Orange Cassidy. Mm-hmm. Now, Cassidy can sit around and be the cocky jerk, but you do know this guy can actually back up his yeah. words, right? He has a reason to be cocky. And so that was smart. That was smart. Uh, I like this match. Uh, it was fun. Um, and, yeah, it legitimized, I think this night finally legitimized Orange Cassidy. Okay? I'm never going to get used to the freshly squeezed or the pulp thing, but uh, – <laughs> I, I at least think he, he's got something going on there. All right. And I guess that would that take us to the main event now? That would take us to the main event. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. All right. John Moxley versus Chris Jericho. Le Champion. And I, I have only one thing to say to the two of you guys. Na 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 boo boo. I told you to. Na na boo boo. Na 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 na. Anyways, okay. Now that I finished. Uh, <laughs> Finish rubbing it in. Yes, folks, I was the only one who picked Moxley here for this match. Everyone thought Chris Jericho was going to retain. After everything that you saw there, Antoine, was it the right move? Was it a good match? What did you get out of this? Now, keep now keep in mind, I did say I was reluctant to pick Jericho <laughs> because I felt like Moxley was white hot and I felt like it was time for him to win. Um, mm-hmm. It was the right move for him to put on, you know, for, for, the, for AEW to put the belt on him. And I say that because with everything that Jericho is and everything, the belt could be taken off of him, and in no way does it deplete his value as a right. heel. He still is the top 
company and they're still going to sing Judas on my mind when he enters yeah. the arena. So the I was singing, I was even waving my, my flashlight in my phone in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, somebody cut off Elio's mic, please. <laughs> I can do that myself. Somebody cut his mic off. I'll cut my mic off. <laughs> Elio, what did you think of the match? Yeah, this was a pretty good match. I really enjoyed this match. And uh, yeah, the, uh, I think it was a remote put the belt on Moxley. We know, uh, we know Jericho's going to take off uh, again for a while anyways uh, soon. So I thought okay. it was the right move. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah, I just and think Moxley people was, pe- people were so behind Moxley. As well. Yeah, yeah. Moxley is just red hot popular right now. Um, he's also he can deliver the goods. He's a big dude. He's yep. willing to get in there and scrap a lot. Um, he's he's kind of a good figurehead. Well, this AEW NXT battles going on to have their your champion as this cool big tough fight guy kind of is cool. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what us go on now. Overall. Um, here's here's what we're gonna rate today's pay per view. Okay. Okay. If you guys had to sit down and I gave you a blank check and said, "Please fill in how much money this pay per view you are willing to pay for it oh. after you've seen it," how much would you have paid for it, Elio? How much money would you have paid for this pay per view? Oh. And we'll go to the the top price is the fifty dollars that they were asking for in the U S. for it. Fifty dollars oh, U S. Okay, that's the top price fifty. Um, yeah. We got maybe thirty five. Thirty five. Okay. And. 30. 30? Um, I'm going to go with that. Uh, I'm almost tempted to go 25, but I'm going to go 30 because there was some good stuff on it. Yeah. Yeah. The Omega Omega, uh, page match definitely really bolstered this up, you know. Uh, But all in all, it was so far their best pay-per-view I think we've ever seen from Mm -hmm. them. It was a more Mm. well-rounded card than we've seen in a long time. And I'm very curious now when we go in next segment into AEW this week, how did this uh, how did this translate? Did we, did we finally get a, a more than a B minus show? Because I have not seen more than a B minus show in AEW for a little while. Uh, but let's do that. Okay, folks, we're going to head right over now into our AEW uh, report of the week. Um, once again, I see at the Liberated has put up a coverage of it and his literary point of view of the week. Uh, how do you feel? I, I got to ask. I ask everybody when they do this. How do you feel having to cover every week the minutia of a two-hour show, Anton? Um, I'm fine with it. I just see to it that I go into each show with reserve optimism. You know, I do have that hope that whatever I watch and whatever I cover will be good. But I have the understanding that it may not meet expectations. So I just have to take it, you know, one show at a time and just go from there. Probably the best way. Probably the best mm-hmm. way. So we come off this really good pay-per-view. We open up with, and, I, and tell me if you guys don't notice the sort of slight irony here. We have John Moxley come out and cut a promo telling the fans how we're the new wrestling again. We're doing things differently. We're giving people what they want. We're the whole new thing. But they're doing exactly what every week of uh, – of Raw opens up is pretty much the same standard promo from somebody. Yeah. <laughs> did, did anyone think that was just a little bit ironically funny, or is it just me? Am I just jaded as fuck or what? <laughs> I know. Where, where have I heard that before? We're going to give fans what they want. Um, definitely not McMahon. He, he knows what you want. <laughs> give it to you. Uh, Ant, what do you think? 
I mean, it was a bit of an exaggeration, but of course, AEW has a mission to project a narrative that says we are different from the norm and we are the alternative to what wrestling fans have come to know for four decades plus. Yeah. Do you think they are? Some ways, yes. Yeah, some ways, no. Yeah. We're kind of on the fence with that, too. Me and I have talked about that a lot. It seems like for every thing that is different, there's a whole bunch of things that make it the same and kind of equate it out. So it's been a tough one. But all right. So anyways, yeah. we open up the show with uh, one of these kind of uh, spectacular, let's get everything involved and it'll determine what's going to happen next kind of interview. Has Chris Jericho come out with the inner circle and they make a bunch of threats? Uh, one thing I'll tell you guys, at least they didn't do this because uh, this is so tired and stale, but when, when somebody comes out and makes the challenge that if you don't pin me, I'm going to leave for X amount of days, <laughs> that usually means you're going to lose because for X amount of days. So a little bit surprising uh, when he didn't lose and <laughs> didn't have to go for X amount of days. So that was uh, interesting. That was a bit of a twist there later on. But uh, uh, it was, though, Despite the fact we've seen it as many times, it was a good opening, yeah? I mean, it was, it was exciting. Um, I like, too, how, and I hope so, but it seems sometimes they make the inner circle too much of jokes. They're, they're too jokey, you know? They're like, you know, and then they did, Jericho's like, now they become hitmen. And they seem a lot more serious. I mean, look at Ortiz. I mean, we've been on his case for a while. His, <laughs> yep, yeah. his idiotic crap. Yet he actually, this week, everything dialed back. The two of them looked like they were ready to kick somebody's face in. Mm. So we have this great thing. It was a pretty good start. Uh, anything you guys would change on that? Ant, anything that uh, didn't quite ring great with that promo or do you think it was just solid enough? No, I mean, it worked for me. I would have left everything as I didn't have any issue with how the show opened. Okay. All right. Um, Elio? Yeah, I agree. Um, I wouldn't uh, change anything. It was, uh, I thought it was a fine the way everything went. Now, the only thing I want to point out to you guys, did you notice the size of that gash on uh, Moxley's On his eye? On, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Holy smokes, that was ugly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that probably explains why what happened at the end of the card, you know. Uh, but let's get it first, okay? Uh, then we had, a, I do believe we had a match of uh, Colt Cabana joining uh, SCU, <laughs> taking on the Dark Order. <laughs> now, Elio, you just went... <sighs> When I said Dark Order, tell me, what did you think of this match? Uh, okay, like any other, like any Dark Order match, I don't, I don't. When they're in the ring, I just tune out. But like, mm-hmm. for me, SE was uh, good. Um, and then at the end, uh, after at the end, when Evo got on the mic, um, mm-hmm. and he said, "Like the exalted one is not going to be happy." Like, I don't did care. He? I don't yeah. care. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, and what did you think of this match and, and the ramifications? I'm glad you brought that up, Elio, because until I actually see the exalted one and what he's capable of, <laughs> I can hear about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, actually, itself to me was a much better outing than their revolution match. Mind you, you know, there were, you know, a few additional people involved, but still, just in reference to that rivalry. This match was better than that of Revolution. Um, what bothers me the most about Dark Order is uh, Reynolds and Silver. They <laughs> cannot seem to decide if they want to keep the mask on yeah. or off. And I want to put their indecisive mask wearing in the book. I honestly think it deserves to go there because you come out to the you come out to the ring, you have your mask off, and then 
once evil uno starts talking you either put the mask on once it starts talking or when it's time to fight okay let's put the mask on are you going to be masked or unmasked yeah good point and you know when, when you had written that in your column i i started to think in my head like what would be the uh, impetus behind that why would they do this and the only thing in my head that makes any kind of sense is the fact that they're kind of nobodies in the general sense of most people don't know who they are so mm. By doing that, maybe you kind of illustrate, oh, they're kind of important. Let's put our mask on. I don't, I don't know. I'm not making an excuse for it, but I don't <laughs> I think – yeah, it's just that – because nobody really knows who they were before this, you know, unless you were the, the independents right. in, in uh, the New York State area. You may be like, yeah, why do I care? And you got to want to – they've been bringing out these gimps or whatever, these guys for so long. You don't want them to get lost in the shuffle of the, the out of shape losers that sit down and make chairs for them, right? That's the only thing I could think of. Well, it was more enjoyable than uh, than the revolution one, though. Okay, now I'm going to throw this out there, and I don't know. Uh, Anton might just say, sorry, boys, I ain't jumping on the ship with you, but I have no problem with Cole Cabana. I think he's an okay wrestler. He's not great, but he's not horrible. Uh, I've been watching him in New Japan, and he's kind of – won me over a bit there with his moves. I mean, did you guys see that tremendous move near the end? I don't even know what they call it, where he looked like he had the guy on the shoulders, looked like he was going to huck him off, and instead he just, like, fell straight down and, like, nailed him. Would you call it the Chicago him. skyline? I, maybe. I don't know what they called it, but oh. that that is a pretty cool move. I got to say, though, that Superman pin thing is the doofiest crap I've seen in a long time, where he, like, leaps forward and pins you without – you know, but yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't have a problem with uh, Cole Cabana. Overall, thought it was a pretty good match. Glad he got the win. Um, but I, I can't even think of the movie. I think it was called, I don't know, Fri I think it was called Fright Night. There was an old movie called Fright Night where there was teenagers and vampires. And at the end, there was one scene where the young nerdy kid who became the vampire is mad at the people who are winning. And he turns around and he's like, He's gonna get you too, and that's what made when uh, Uno was doing the exhausted gonna be so bad, you know, like some nerdy kid crying that he lost. Um, it just takes away from any kind of like cool factor that Uno could possibly ever have. Yeah. He just blew all that like a whiny ass bitch by acting like that. So, uh, <laughs> okay. Um, Big swole. Wait, hold oh, on. Did, did, didn't we say? Uh, did, did, did we decide? Oh, you want to do the book? Oh, the book. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is it worth going in? The what do you think, Elio? I'm on the fence because I'm thinking that there might be a reason. I can see the practicality reason. And Anton makes mm -hmm. a very good point about how it's very confusing. What do you think, Elio? You're gonna have to be the tiebreaker here. I, I'm cool with whatever way it goes. I think we one more week. <clears throat> one more week. Are you cool with that, Ant? I'm cool with that. We can put them on a probationary period. Yeah. Probationary period. One, okay. one more week. And then if they do it again, then we can uh, put them in the book. Okay. Yeah. If it seems goofy as shit, it hits in the book. If it All seems right. like maybe it makes some kind of sense or serves a purpose, may not. Who knows? But if it does, maybe that will rescue them. We'll see. Maybe okay, we should sure. ask him Luno. <laughs> okay. Big Swole versus the Librarian. Oh. This was not really much of a match. I mean, uh, no. for me, the worst part of this whole match, having to suffer through Rip Baker once again talking. <laughs> please, muzzle this bitch. Please, because, man, she is I have, I have a question. I have yes. a question. Yes. With, it, with it Britt Baker and Tricia, would they become friends? Yeah, what's the whole, co <laughs> you know, the whole coffee thing? I mean, yeah, I, I don't get it. He, he, she went from mocking him about coffee to bringing him coffee. The I know what Giovanni's doing, but he's got it. The Say ESP again? that the 
feel I have right now is incredible because you're hitting every gripe that I had. With this <laughs> it's incredible how y'all man. <laughs> it's those. Uh, okay, Britt Baker is an attractive lady to look at, but. I'm sorry. If I want to look at attractive ladies, I'll go on the internet and get it for free. I, I don't want to waste my time with wrestlers who can't, women wrestlers who can't actually do anything. Is it worth it for me? Um, Britt Baker matches are painful, and her commentary is painful. Yep. I mean, did she did she really ask a stupid question of, oh, is Big Swole on her driver's license? Is that her name? But give me a break, you idiot. <laughs> this is why she's in the book. Yeah, this is why she's earning her way. If we have to put up with her for another year, she's going to end up being one of the perpetual losers and have her own chapter. Uh, guys, okay, let, let's let's forget Britt Baker for a second. Okay, let's go right into Big Swole versus Librarian. Ant, what do you think of this match? Um, so my feelings on the match are it was a blessing for two reasons. I told okay. us not to discuss Britt anymore, but that's one of the reasons why yep. the match was. The we didn't have we only endured Brit for but for so long and then two I felt like the purpose of this match was to give Big Swole some legitimacy by having her on the winning end of a squash match okay okay um Elio yeah I didn't have a problem with this uh, match uh I I like uh, Big Swole um um the, the whole librarian gimmick it's just uh, not working. It hasn't no. worked for a long time. I don't think it ever has worked. Uh, I, I, I already told him, put me in there. I've been in the library for 20 years. I'll be the librarian. Last thing we need is you in a unicard <laughs> with um, stockings <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, boosty. No, we don't want to see that, buddy. Skip it. We'll, we'll keep leaving mates. We'll keep leaving mistaken. Talk with the other librarian. <laughs> now, um, the only problem I have with this match is I really think Big Swole needs a few more matches, maybe on Dark, or a little more experience, because there are a lot of times, if you watch, where she seemed a bit lost. Uh, how many times did they run in the ropes and she, like, actually, she physically moved Leva Bates over a bit because she wasn't sure where she was coming from or where she was supposed to be going to. Mm -hmm. She just looked like she lost her, her you know, her uh, lack of a pace. She lost her, her move set. Yeah, you know, I don't want to say choreography, but she lost what she was doing in there. Leva Bates didn't. Leva Bates did her job, took her beating, did the things. But there were a few times in there where Swole was just like lost, where she was like, oh, crap, was I supposed to throw her here? Was I supposed to grab her here? Her finishing maneuver looked so awkward. Like she grabbed it was like, was, am I supposed to be doing this now? Oh, yes, I wait. No, yeah, okay. You know what? You're doing all that while you're holding somebody. All that emotion comes out. You can tell that you're not 100% sure. And she's big. She's athletic. She's got this cool look. And I think if she just gets a little more confidence and a little bit more uh, her timing down, it's going to be remarkably better because this should have been a straight-up squash match, but instead it did kind of expose slightly Swole's greenness. So that, that, that's, mm -hmm. that, that I had a problem with, okay? Um, let's talk next about uh, Cody Rhodes' uh, – <laughs> Cody Rhodes and the uh, interference, uh, what are we going to call it? Uh, promo by Jake the Snake oh. Roberts. Okay, guys, first of all, Ant, you look like you're itching here. Tell me <laughs> what you thought of this segment. And, and be honest, is Jake the Snake still got it? Is he losing it? What the hell? I think Jake still has it. Okay. I honestly believe 
Jake still has it. First of all, it was an absolute prize, surprise, excuse me, that Jake would even appear in that segment. And for him to come out and to, you know, tell Cody to stop bitching over his loss to MJF, I've never cried over a match before. I had to chuckle a bit. I'm like, yeah, maybe you didn't cry, you know, over a match, but you did cry when Earthquake squashed Damien. Some yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, straight you did. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, you know, saying that he, um, how did Jake put it? Basically saying that, you know, I have a client and, you know, we are here to take your piece of the pie and then to go even further and say the piece of advice that I've always, that has always stuck with me is that you never turn your back on the man that you respect or are afraid of. And then he turns his back There's on Cody. There's a mic drop. That was absolute. Classic, and I'm like, you know, Jake the Snake has been through, you know, his issues, and he has gone through rehab, and he has, you know, gone through everything possible to, you know, restore his image. But one thing that he has not lost is his gift to cut a promo. That was excellent to me. Yeah, yeah, it was a great promo. But you know, it seems he has lost the gift to pick good barbers <laughs> because that haircut. Oh, holy my- crap, guys! Oh my god! And- and I am so proud of you that that isn't the first thing you led with because it's got to have been on your mind the whole wait there. But holy crap, that was a bad haircut. <laughs> that was. <laughs> it was sort of like a bullet beat uh, weed whacker. I, I, I had don't to know do what a to double, say. I had to do a double take. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> my, only que- my only question is, did the dark side cut his hair? <laughs> Or the blind side. Somebody. Let's go with that. Oh, man. Uh, Elio, Jake, you still got it for you? Yeah, that was a great, that was a great promo. Uh, you know, he still has a promo, like like uh, we've all been saying, though. Not the best choice in Barbers, though. I, I, when I heard the promo at first, you know what he reminds me of? And at first... I thought maybe I was being negative, but then you appreciate it. He's like that crazy dude who gets on the bus and starts preaching about the end of times in the middle of traffic. You know? There you go. Yeah, you know, that's design. Jake the Snake Roberts, man. He's scary but, as fuck. You know what I, mean? you know what I like what, what I like uh, about his promos? He doesn't yeah. have, have to stand there and yell at you. He just has to stand there and talk with, yeah. that, low, with that low voice. I, I kind of I kind of miss the the non screaming promos. There's so much to that. And, and 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 you and you just sit there and you listen to every word he says. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what? Uh, we've agreed the haircut. Uh, Antoine, you threw up vote number one that this haircut go into the book. I'm going to say number two. Yes, I give my vote. Or is it a unanimous? Is that haircut going into the book, Elio? Yes. All right, Elio, do the honors, buddy. Slowly, the great book opens. All right, Jake's scary look. You just made the book. Yikes. (laughs) All right, moving on. Let's go to the super high-flying, exciting, non-stop, gasping match of Jake Hager versus QT Marshall. Oh, wait a second. Uh, okay, let's go to Jake uh, Jake Hager versus QT Marshall. Forget all that shit I said about that. There was, it wasn't really that exciting. Uh, guys, what did you think of this match? Let's, uh, let's shoot uh, thing about QT Marshall. Yeah, they, we already know uh, Jake Hager. We've already seen him uh, 
for me, he's he's like that boring character. I'm not a big fan of Jake Hager, but I want to see more from QT Marshall. Okay. Just because like, you think and, he's your QT? I'm sure you're mistaken. And um, yeah, apparently now they've uh, formed a tag team with QT Marshall and uh, Dustin Rhodes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. I know that they're officially part of the Nightmare family, so I don't know if yeah. that's the they're going to go by as the tag team moving forward, if that is what they decide to do. But the match in itself, and I may be in a minority, but to me, that match was better than Hager and Dustin. And I only say that because it felt like Hager and Dustin came to such an abrupt ending. I feel like it didn't, you know what I mean, yeah. tell the tail story should have read this one. It played out more, and you saw more of Jake Hager. He was able to wrestle more and, you know, implement that that MMA and wrestler style that, you know, they're going with for him. You were able to see more of that with him, and you could see that QT Marshall can't go. So I actually enjoyed this match more. And, again, as, and as I said, going back to our uh, Revolution recap, my hope is that we can see – Hager and Dustin do it at least one more time, you know, to meet expectations or at least meet the standard. But what if they throw themselves into the dipping dots? The dipping dots, man. <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry, JR. I don't know what the hell you were all worried about. Anybody. <laughs> um, okay. This is the only problem I have with this match. Yes, it was a solid, good wrestling match. There was some good stuff in there. The problem is... Jake Hager already is not a very exciting guy. And then, let's face it, QT Marshall, he's not a bad wrestler, but he has, like, no personality. He reminds me of when we started watching the end of ROH when everybody was kind of generically the same. They're all good, okay wrestlers, but you don't remember the dick about them when they walk away. Hell, you don't remember their face half the time. Where have we seen this guy uh, before uh, AEW? ROH. Oh, okay, uh, uh, yeah. was he on he there? Was, like, when, was he on there when we were covering it, or was that? Yeah, but very infrequently. He was on okay. there, like in the minor things and stuff. All he right. never really stood out. Uh, he's a good, solid wrestler. And here's the problem: is if you're gonna, we want Jake Hager to be uh, more personality brought out of him. Even if you have to give someone who's a bigger squash, get somebody who's a little more interesting to watch. You know, maybe later on after QT Marshall has developed more of a personality and we've gotten to know him, that makes sense to me. But right now, it was just sort of like they threw him to the wolves and no one really cared because they didn't really know who he was. And it came off as a little bit vanilla fudge. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, uh. So that was my problem with that match. I think it, maybe uh, if each of them could have had better matches with someone else, <laughs> but together, this just wasn't really the time for them to be all that interesting. All right. Uh, I'm just going over my notes here. Uh you know, there were lots of cool uh, promos and stuff like this. Uh, let's get, though, to the main event. And, oh, sorry. Is it, before you, before yeah. we get into the main event, uh, is it possible to get everyone's thoughts on the post-match melee between Marshall and Hager? Um, wow. Uh, sure. Elio, what do you think? Um, <clears throat> uh, the post-melee... Um, <clears throat> Yeah, for me, it was just, uh, I don't really have any uh, thought on the whole uh, post-match. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. What did you, what did you think, Ed? Um, you know, we saw involvement from members of the inner circle, and then Matt Jackson comes out, tries to make the save, there go devils to no avail. 
Same thing with Cody Rhodes. Uh, what stole the show for me, of course, was Adam Page. He, I know a lot of people are thinking that he is AEW Stone Cold, but I don't necessarily get that feel for him because no. the one thing that made Stone Cold was that he was anti-authority, whereas with Adam Page, he's anti anything that isn't about Adam Page and his beer. So I enjoyed the moment where he carefully studied his beer yeah. in the uh, apron. And then oh, he yeah. pretended to be dizzy to get back in, hit Hager with the buckshot lariat. And just when Matt Jackson was hoping for some sort of cohesion between the two, he flips him the bird and then leaves the ring. So I truly enjoyed that. And I like that Page is on this, you know, kick yeah. of another, this whole elite foolishness. It's me and my agenda, and that's that. I really yeah. like that he's trying to separate himself from the elite. So. Now, now, just the way you described it here, uh, I just got I got the vibe that Matt Jackson was getting in his face. Like Matt Jackson kind of had his <laughs> finger up and he was saying something. And, uh, I'm telling you, deal with Zantun Hill. Yeah, they, I, I've got to see that coming because it just seemed like Adam Page was like, you know what, get your finger out of my face, <laughs> girl. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know uh, what? Maybe maybe Matt Jackson deserved uh, what Adam Page did, flipping them off like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm definitely in favor of it. Definitely in favor of yeah. it. Yeah. No, it was, it, you know, it was interesting because it was sort of a whole setup and a whole bunch of people just to get Matt Jackson and uh, Adam Page in each other's face. That's, yeah. that's, uh, that's the whole service of what that whole point was. And, and it worked, you know. And it was funny, yeah. Page, I can see why people love Page. I mean, he comes out, he's acting like he's kind of wobbly, going to do the moves, but then boom, nails the, puts his beer down very, yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm impressed with how that beer uh, uh, managed to stay still on uh, the ring post there. <laughs> it so, never, didn't fall. That in itself is an art. With everything going on in that ring, yeah. the is able to maintain Okay, let's move over to the main event where we have um, Savvy Guevara, uh, Chris Jericho taking on John Moxley and um, Darby Allen. Mm -hmm. We have the start of the match where Moxley's coming out to the ring, gets jumped by a bunch of guys wearing AEW jackets. You're like, where the hell is security today? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. <laughs> I think it was Jim Ross who was like, who are these guys? They would just, they would just come out. And it's a good thing they had a cameraman with them to take them backstage <laughs> to show us who they were. <laughs> yeah. Um, Thankfully, no dipping dots were sacrificed this time around. Thank God. The poor dipping dots. My God, man, the dipping dots. <laughs> they are... Freshly squeezed, dipping. To, oh, no, wait. That's two of them together. Um, wow. Uh, Darby Allen definitely shows you that this dude is like, he's arrived. I mean, he held really well in this match. He kept going. Uh, that coffin drop is the most ridiculous move in the world. Yeah. It, you really have to put a lot of faith in people to jump off backwards off the top rope and hope that you land. I, really, I don't know how he does that, man. I don't know. I, I think for me, you'd see a stream of pee as I was falling back out of fright. You know, like, ah, I pee myself because I hope I don't die. Uh, uh, credit, credit to you, Darby. Uh, one thing I did notice, though, and uh, in my math, in my head, 
I did notice the whole Moxie gets taken out and doesn't have to do anything in the entire match. Mm-hmm. Yet he has such a great big wound on his forehead. And I'd heard some stuff uh, where they talked about that. He felt like uh, the next day when he had, or that, that night after when they did like the press scrum and they were talking mm-hmm. to asking him about the blood and stuff. And he said that he took a vicious uh, bump into the steel steel rig. And he said, he's pretty sure he got slightly concussed. Oh, okay. And uh, so I get why it was probably the smartest move is to take about the beginning of the match so he doesn't really have to do anything, mm-hmm. you know? Give yeah. him a little beat down in the back and then, you know, he doesn't have to worry about hurting his head, doing anything like that, and then come out at the end to do the, you know, spectacular – to take another – Terrible move, I guess. But uh, what do you guys think of the match overall? And what, what was going through your mind watching uh, Darby Allen taking these two guys on? So throughout the match, um, I thought it was very well played, very well organized and structured. I felt like it was a double-edged sword. Uh, the purpose of the match was to elevate Darby Allen's star power and to solidify uh, the inner circle as these hitmen that they're aiming to be. And my hope is moving forward, they will maintain that momentum as hitmen. And then it, it's an added bonus or plus knowing that, given the information that you just gave to us in reference to Moxley possibly suffering a concussion that you want to be as safe with him as possible, you know, uh, project one thing on camera, but having a hidden agenda in mind, knowing that you want to protect your champion. So very well played. Uh, um, Elio? Yep. Very, very good. Um, Darby Allen, I think he did great uh, on his own. um, When he was locked in that Walls of Jericho, I don't know how he survived that time in that Walls of Jericho, but I think he did really well in this match. Okay, you know, you just made me remember something. Antoine, do you have a brother? I don't. Oh, you don't. Okay, but Elio, you do, right? I have two. Okay. The best meme I've ever seen this week had somebody being put in the walls of Jericho. Mm-hmm. And the meme said, if your brother has never put you into a walls of Jericho, is he even really your brother? No, my brother's put me in the figure. <laughs> no, my, bro- my brother's put me in the figure for a laylock. I used to put all my friends in the figure four leg off when I was like a, a, a preteen and uh, they all learned how much that hurts. <laughs> Sorry. Four stop. Yeah. <laughs> Sharpshoot. Yeah. We're Canadians. We got to do No, that's a, Let's dispel that myth. You've brought up a myth. Okay. Antoine Canadian boys do not use the sharpshooter. That, that was never a thing for us. We all worship Bret Hart. We all yeah. thought that was his move, but none of yeah. us did that. It was always the figure four or the walls of Jericho or the two moves that, that uh, Canadian boys put on each other. So I know people think that it I must be because Bret Hart. Yeah. You know, I mean, we made the assumption about cowboy hats last week. You dismissed yeah. it. <laughs> now we'll, we'll dismiss the, the, the uh, sharpshooter thing. And there's a reason for that too. Oh. Yes. Okay. The reason is this. I was about you to say, know? speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, the reason is this is because us Canadians always act so polite, uh, especially even wrestlers. It's kind of sacrilege to use the uh, sharpshooter in a match unless you are connected to the hearts, betrayed by the hearts, or friends with the hearts. Other than that, 
we stay away from that because it's kind of like, yeah, I'm not, that ain't why it shouldn't be. You know what I mean? <laughs> we just stay away from it unless you're part of that clan. Now, unfortunately, living in Western Canada, I see tons of wrestlers trained by the hearts. And every now and then we'll see that. But you'd never see it from just anybody throwing on a sharpshooter. It's weird. Okay, so gotcha. let's look over today's uh, thing. Elio and guys, what is our grade on our report card for this week's shows? A being A plus being 100%, F being a fail. Where does this card, today's card, fall for this week's episode? I'll start off with that. You guys may consider me a bit generous. You may even question my sobriety, considering <laughs> the post-revolution episode of Dynamite took place okay. in Denver, Colorado, a.k.a. the Mile High City. But this show got an A-minus for me. Oh, that's a strong one. Okay. Oh. Elio, what were you giving the show this week? I'm going to go with the B on this one. Okay. I, I'm going to give it a B also. Um, but okay. high praises. Yeah. This, th you know what? They haven't been super shows, but they've been interesting two hour shows the last couple of weeks. And I've been appreciating yeah. that. They have been a lot better, especially this one being the follow from pay-per-view. It's been yes. a lot better than the follow from WWE pay-per-views. Yeah. I don't think they even care yes. anymore about follow-ups from pay-per-views yeah. <laughs> you know? anymore. Terrible. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, you know what, <laughs> folks? Uh, there you have it. This week's roundup of AEW all elite wrestling. We, we, uh, a very, uh, solid show. And, uh, we had some fun talking about this week and thanks for popping in and joining us. Uh, fans check out, uh, what days does that usually pop every Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon? Check out on the rest of anywhere between Wednesday night, early Thursday afternoon. Right, and we'll so, always be, be covering his AEW literary point of view where he'll write and tell you his thoughts on paper about what he thought about this week's show. Also tune in on Saturdays where you'll catch uh, – usually would that be Sunday? Mine's either um, Sundays or uh, if there's a pay-per-view on the Sunday, it'll be on the following Tuesday. Right, we have, uh, we have our look at NXT UK – Every week, Elio will do his literary point of view, and I do a literary point of view on MLW, Major League Wrestling, which usually appear, I think, on uh, Monday mornings. So the three of us, you can get a kind of a peek preview of what we're going to talk about on the show and see what we're going to argue about. Uh, and thanks for joining us this week. We look forward to reading, we look forward to reading what you got to print next week and then yep. hashing it out here some more. So have yourself a great week, buddy. You as well, gentlemen. Always appreciate you. Always a pleasure. And I look forward to your POVs for your respective shows as well. Excellent. Right, cool. You know what, fans? We're going to take a quick uh, break here when we come back. We're going to be looking at MLW, NXT UK. Uh, I don't think we have anything to report on New Japan right now. The coronavirus has kind of disabled all the matches going on there. Uh, but we'll talk a bit about things, and uh, we'll see you in a, after the break. Hello! This is Miguel Cole from the Wrestling POV Podcast. Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global is affiliated with the Collar and Elbow brand. Go to CollarandElbowBrand.com and save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. Collar and Elbow has t-shirts, hoodies, sunglasses, and more. And the best part, you're helping out your local indie wrestlers. And you're helping out the best wrestling podcast of all, Wrestling POV and Wrestling POV Global. You don't want to miss out. So save yourself 10% by using promo code WPOV. Oh, my goodness. I have a question to ask you. 
Oh, oh, what is this? Did you pick up your uh, new uh, WPOB t-shirt? You know what? I almost forgot about that. Thank you, Ellie. You know what, folks? There are WPOV t-shirts that are available, uh, courtesy of Pro Wrestling Tees backslash uh, Wrestling POV. There are four different shirts available. They're pretty cool. Uh, they're the kind of stuff that uh, – they're wrestling shirts that I like to wear because I like to wear stuff that looks cool. The POV <laughs> yep. show is cool, you know? So do I. Uh, go out buy a gazillion of them because uh, the more money they make, the more of those are sell. Maybe they'll start making some global t-shirts. That would be some cool swag too. You know, get the gold brand, you got the red brand, get the gold brand. Anyhow, look them up on Pro Wrestling Tees. Hey, folks, we're back. Thanks for staying with us. Uh, it was always good to hear from At The Liberated, covering yep. AEW stuff with us. Let's go on with our show now. We're going to go into our next segment. We are going to talk about WWE NXT UK. As always, uh, a fun, exciting show. We're going to rate it and talk about it. Also, Elio, did you not write an article this week talking about the show? I did write an article, yes, sir. All right. Well, let's let's take a quick look at it. Uh, first of all, what was your what was your low light of the show? What was the one thing Ooh. that was there anything okay. that really stuck in your head that you really didn't care all two, that much? Two for? low lights for me. Um, number one was uh, the Hunt versus Grizzled Young Veterans. Now. Ooh. Um, when it went, when I went in, I wanted to, I was like, okay, this could be a good match. But then, um, I went back and rewatched it. I, I was really feeling, it was like a clash of two style, two different styles. Okay. So it didn't work for you? No. Um, yeah, you know what? It, it was kind of an, 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 uh, an unbalanced clash of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I do say though. Um, I like the I like the vet the young yeah. veterans. I, I kind of like them. Yeah. Um, they're dicks. They're doing what they're supposed to do. What are they doing? What are they doing to us? They're turning us. All these but guys are turning us. They're a good. They're a good solid team, and they can really wrestle well. Yeah. Uh, the hunt kind of exposed this week. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of look like the jobbers we still thought they were before. So hopefully, that's just a glitch in the matrix, and they can get back on track. Um, for me, kind of a low light here was uh, A Kid versus Brian Kendrick. Yeah, I have that as a low light as well. A Kid, um, I don't know, there's just no charisma personality there. He needs to throw out um, ice cream cones because that, <laughs> that guy's vanilla. He is vanilla, man. Not even a good vanilla. We're not even talking Madagascar and French vanilla. He is just playing up. You know when they make ice cream with like yep. uh, antifreeze and shit like that. He's playing yeah. up boring vanilla. <laughs> well, it wasn't a very good match. I didn't like it. Uh, he, he's got some good moves, and Kendrick's an okay wrestler for mm-hmm. what he is. But, man, A-Kid needs to develop some personality or something, but it's lacking harsh. And, uh, uh, yeah, kind of one of my lowlights there. Um, also, still not sold on Dave Mastiff. Hopefully mm-hmm. next week's match with him and uh, Walter will – I'm sorry, Malta <laughs> – him and Volta will have a great match, but um, I still kind of see Dave Mastiff as just kind of a short, fat man. We'll see where that <laughs> yeah. goes. Uh, highlights of the night. What was the <laughs> highlight? Okay, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but Cassius Ono versus Jack Stars. I can, yeah, going in, I wouldn't believe it, but 
Jack Stars is really. I, I I told you to go. I told you to watch this match because yeah. he wow, like he actually like did something against Cash Zona, and we've we've not we're not the biggest Cash Zona fans, but I didn't really mind him that much this week. Yeah, he was tolerable. You yeah. know, it's like the old Chris Hero of old. Yeah, um, yeah, it was a pretty solid match, and and also of course. I'd have to say the other big solid match had to be definitely thumbs up was um, Kaylee Ray defending oh. against Tony Storm in um, yes. in an I Quit match. And the crowd uh, was hard for this. They were young, they were chanting for tables and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. I got to tell you, Tony Storm has got quite the booty going on. <laughs> she really does. <laughs> she wears just doesn't quite uh, fit so much. But Kaylee Ray. Um, Ooh, I've always been a little bit harsh on Kaylee Ray. I'm going to say she really upped her game a little bit. She really had the evil factor going on here. Yep. Um, and I know you mentioned this to me too, and you can see it coming as a Piper Niven, uh, Tony Storm. Tony Storm. I, I say NXT TakeOver Dublin. Okay. There, there's, there's still time to build it. Now, a smart move. It was like an I Quit match. Uh, um, Kaylee Ray gets her hands on some tape. Tapes. Uh, um, sorry tapes uh, Tony Storm's hands together and then sort of beats her until, you know, they stop the match because it looks like she's going to kill her. Piper Niven comes out and pretty much tries to, like, interject slightly into this match. Yeah, that's why she was yelling uh, for Tony Storm to just give up. Yeah. So, good match, though. Really uh, forwarded these characters, really uh, put forward... Put forward the the importance of Kaylee Ray in the women's championship. So I really did enjoy that. Um, how would you give this week's show, buddy? On our, oh, I'm gonna go, gonna go with a solid B on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go with a solid B also. Uh, very good match. Very good stuff on there. Okay. Uh, any last thing you want to talk about on UK before we head off? On? Um, no, that's um, that's about it. I just I just really enjoyed both shows this week. Yeah. So far, that's two for two. All right. Let's talk now. Faz, we're going to switch over to our look at Major League Wrestling, MLW. And uh, first off, before we say anything, that had to have been one of the coolest opening promos I've seen for a match in a very long time. Despite the fact it's people you don't like, Simon Gotch and uh, Joseph, well, no, sorry, it was Fatu and Joseph Samuel come out and cut this blistering great promo about uh, yep. Contra Unit. And then cool I, 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 I even told you, for as much as I've not liked uh, the Contra Unit so uh, much, I like Joseph Samuel just for these old school promos that he delivers. Yeah, he really does deliver. You know, just because it's old doesn't mean it's not great. <laughs> now there were some, uh, there were some really interesting things. There were some highlights, lights. What was your low light? Okay, for this week's so episode? low light for me was Dynasty versus Mance Warner, Logan Creed, Savio Vega. Yes, yes. What a! This is what you professionally call a um, clusterfuck, where you got a bunch of people that just it doesn't. Nothing really clicked in it, and and you've got Matt Warner. Come on, the Southern psychopath is fun, okay? Mm-hmm. You got Savio Vega, who at least could like you know throw out his kendo stick or something. <laughs> like that. Yeah. Uh, you got this seven foot giant in Logan Creed. Then you match him up against the three douchebags in the Dynasty, and this should have been a good match. Just did not click. Did not click. Well, it's because uh, from the start of the show, they uh, had 
They introduce Mance, but you said you get Dynasty, then Conan comes out, then Mance Warner comes out, like one after another after another. It's like, what's going on? So staged, yeah. It was yeah. Like, such a, it was like a high school <laughs> stage play. Everyone had to introduce everyone to get on stage. I, I was ready to, to walk up the ramp and look backstage to see if they were all lined up behind a curtain. Yeah. Yeah, they probably were all watching. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, this match just didn't work, and it should have, so that's kind of sad. Um, highlight of the night. Highlight of the night. For me, of course, the contra promo that I said yeah. that we just spoke about, and um, Senshin Laredo Kid versus Injustice. Oh my God! This is the second week that we've what's said going we've on? Liked Injustice. What the hell is going on? <laughs> and let's face it, Injustice are a talented team, and. Uh, very good matchup. Zenshi, I'm glad they're letting, finally letting this guy do a little something because, let's face it, he's a, he's a really exciting, interesting contender. You know, like, he, he's got the goods. Laredo Kid, I don't know very much about. I don't know if we'll see him much. They, the Luchadors tend to get cycled in and out pretty quick. But uh, very solid match. Uh, yeah, I, I'm going to have to agree. That was one of the top matches. Now, we'll, of course, talk really quickly about the main event which kind of fell in between for me. I don't know where it went on the scale for you, but for me, Elio, it was sort of in between. Um, the parks, um, LA Park, and or sorry, Los Angeles Park, <laughs> and yeah. his son, Kyo de Los Angeles Park, taking on the country unit of Joseph Samuel and Simon Gotch. And um, there were times in this match that were very exciting, but there were also times in this match where it really dragged. And that was my problem with it. And then there were lots of things that made no sense, like logic things that mm-hmm. threw me off. And then even production things. Like I was talking about any of this, but if you watch the near the end of the match, you'll see a, a sequence of events happen where they have uh, Samuel trapped in the ring and uh, Heo goes to the top rope and then turns around and jumps towards the crowd. Okay? And in my head, well, first of all, the announcers say, oh my goodness, he's jumping on the lumberjacks. And this pathetically bad call made me think, what the fuck's going on? Why on earth would he jump on the them? You know, like it took me right out of all the logic of the match right away yeah, until yeah. they showed a replay angle and you saw, yes, he happened to be jumping towards the lumberjacks, but only because he was taking out Simon Gotch and that the stupid, uh, the, the announcers really blew that spot by not pointing that out. So, yeah. Um, uh, go ahead. No, I was just, this match just uh, fell flat for me. It wasn't as uh, great as it could have been. Yeah, I'm going to give it that. So, uh, overall, how would you rate this week's? Uh, this week, I'm going to go with a C on this one. See, I'm going to go with a B minus because uh, I think that the main event was only half-assed. Uh, the war- match, six-man match at the beginning was terrible. And uh, the middle match was pretty good. So that's going to even out to be a B- minus for me. Um, I say I kind of don't mind Injustice's promos. Like when they, with the camera, yeah. they're, they're, they've become pretty entertaining the promos. They, they have become entertaining little shit heels, that's for sure. Yeah. They have a chicken shit heel and it works and it's fun. Um, so we got to think. So I'm thinking now, if I read back, we seem to be in a, a bit of a dilemma here. We have AEW scoring Bs between us and... We have NXT UK scoring Bs between us. And this is where I'm going to pull Antoine's uh, vote, which was an A-, minus, I believe. Yep. And I'm going to give the edge two points this week to AEW. 
because he broke the, t- the stalemate for us. He gave such a good review for higher than what we said that we're going to give AEW the two points this week. U- UK is going to get the one point, and MLW is going to get the goose egg this week. So two to AEW, one to NXT UK, and zero for MLW. That is correct. You, sir, are correct, sir. So that puts us NXT UK at 12, MLW at 7, and AEW at 6. Wow. Well, it's a start. It's a start. So, folks, um, yeah, we've had a a pretty good time. I I can't think of uh, anything else too much we could go into this week, but it's been a pretty good week of wrestling. Uh, MLW has some really great flashes of brilliance in it this week and some lowlights. And keep in mind that we have a sister show called Wrestling POV. Uh, It's uh, hosted by four hosts. Uh, It's all about different points of views. There's a point of view from an ex-wrestler. There's a point of view from a super fan. There's a point of view from a woman and a point of view from a puppet. Yes, I just said puppet. I'm not (laughs) drunk, okay? I did say puppet. Tune in to the hilarity of this as they cover everything except NXT UK everything wwe related you can find these guys on the same networks that you find us on which include iHeartRadio, podbean itunes and spotify and if so, you want any fun to get a hold of any of us uh, you can uh, reach us at wrestling pov podcast on facebook wrestling pov one on instagram and wrestling pov on twitter Wow. So, you know what? We've had a great time today. I want to thank all of you for tuning in all across the world. We want to send out our love and our thanks. We look forward to hearing any kind of mail or any kind of things that you guys want to talk to us about the show. Please drop us a line. Elio told you all the places, the wonderful places you can get a hold of us. Tonight, I want to send out my special uh, greetings out to the people of Japan. So, uh, uh, konnichiwa and uh have yourselves a great day. You, you guys have uh, supported us, and we, we'd like to hear everything all Japanese-related going on in the world of wrestling. So please send that in and tell us. And everyone else in the world, all the people joining in from North America, South America, all the continents, and yes, we're not going to forget the penguins down in South uh, in, in the Antarctica. <laughs> you love those yeah. penguins. Those penguins. Hey, we got Tasmanian devils get, and kangaroos trying to get a hold of us out of wow. Australia. So it's been, it's been quite the thing. So, fans, please tune in next week. We've enjoyed everything talking to you guys. Love you. Elio, say goodnight to the good people. All right, fans, we will talk to you all next week.